Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? With more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get an extra 15% off by using promo code BILL at checkout. So please go to FastGrowingTrees.com. Use promo code BILL at checkout. Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Monday, October 24th, 2022. Stand up for your country. 15 days. This is a very important election. I know, I know. We hear that almost every time that we go to vote. But this one, if you follow the news, and of course you do if you're watching and listening to me tonight. And by the way, I have a little allergy in my throat. Uh, the little fall allergy stuff. It's all over the place. Anyway, um, this is a battle between the progressive left and the American people. That's what this election is about. It's not about, it doesn't have anything to do with Republicans. Republicans, they could be munchkins. I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with it. It's the progressive left, which control Biden, imposing their insane view of the world on us and how we're getting hurt. And whether we, the people, will rise up and throw them out. It doesn't matter who's running against them. It really doesn't matter. That's how bad it is. So I wish that uh, the election were tomorrow, and that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. I'm a little afraid that the anti-progressive forces may have peaked with uh, 15 days left. Um, I don't think that's true, but it's possible. If the election were tomorrow, this giant momentum wave, uh, red wave, would obviously kick in with two weeks left. And I'm going to tell you what the tactics are going to be on the progressive left. They're very powerful because they control the media. That's the center of their power. It's not George Soros. Yeah, he kicks in money like crazy, but it's the media that enables them. I just, uh, before I came up to tape here, I was watching CNN uh, and they were pounding that gas prices are down, which they are, but food prices correspondingly are up so that there's no relief. But CNN was like hysterical on the gas price. Now, they should report that they're down a bit, but they don't put it into any perspective. Like they're way up from when Trump left office. They never say that. But anyway, it's just an example. Now, the power base for the progressives is the media. So three issues, inflation economy, 
violent crime, crumbling national border. Ukraine, abortion, those things, they're in play, but they don't sway votes at this point. They don't. All right. Again, Republicans, you know, people ask me, why is a pro-Republican? No, that's not who I am. I'm anti-progressives. And the Republicans offer at least lip service, and I believe here in New York, more than that, okay, that they're going to correct some problems. They're going to go and try to solve some problems, whereas the progressives are not. Um, So we told you last week that Sunday, yesterday, the media blitz to try to save the Democrats would begin, and it did. Roll the tape. Uh, look, I, I think Donald Trump is the music in the in the heads of many Republicans. They, they they're listening to him. They're they're repeating his lies about the last election. But the, but the failure of the Republican Party to break away uh, from someone who's being investigated, not just uh, uh, at the federal level, but also in the state of Georgia, the state of New York, the fact that Republicans are comfortable running with Donald Trump uh, and not running on their own agenda that that speak volumes. But the fact is, is that we fully intend to win. We have far superior candidates. Our, our nominees uh, uh, for cha- challengers, shall we say, and our, our incumbents are far superior. They're better candidates, well-organized on the ground, owning the ground with our mobilization, clear with our message into these districts. Inflation is a global problem caused, A, by the breaking of supply chains, because of the pandemic, by the war in Ukraine. And as I said, significant part of inflation has to do with corporate greed. What are the Republicans' response to inflation? What do they want to do? Well, maybe they want to cut wages for workers. Do they want to raise the minimum wage? No, they don't. So I think it's important to take the attack to the Republicans. I mean, we can say that the difference between Donald Trump and the difference within Biden is Biden is a policy president. So he has he's going to make oh. fundamental changes for a generation. When and we're talking about student loan relief. We're talking about bringing back manufacturing. And the list goes on. OK, that last woman is a Latino activist. So it starts off with Brazil, Trump. And you're going to see Trump almost every day uh, in the news tied into Republicans. Okay, that's to mobilize Democratic vote. Then we go to Pelosi. We're going to win. We have far superior candidates. It's a load of hooey. Okay, in every state, Democrat candidates are on the run, on the defensive. Then Sanders, who you just got to love him. Um, The inflation is caused by the supply chain problems. Well, Trump had a year of that. And it was 1.3% inflation under Trump. He had a year of it. So Sanders just blows, you know. And then we get back to Trump with uh, Maria Kumar, the Latino, you know, Trump, 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 Biden better than Trump. So that is the strategy. Now, is it going to work? I don't think so. You know, people who hate Trump are going to hate Trump. But if you're paying four times as much for what you paid for under Trump, you might kind of look at the Republicans in a different way. Um, so. That's what they're going to do the next two weeks. You hear it every day. Now, the January 6th committee, which is in business to destroy Trump and to boost the Democrats, they've issued a subpoena for Trump to testify. Of course, that's exactly what they want. 
to bring Trump in, make Trump the center of the election on November 8th. Now, Trump, I assume, is going to fight the subpoena and they'll never get him in that quick. Um, I doubt that they will. But that's this is all orchestrated. Okay. All right. So that's the memo. And now Biden's schedule. So he had a tree planting ceremony. <laughs> 215 uh, planted a tree. Um, and then uh, some Democratic stuff. And uh, Diwal. Is that how you say it? Diwal? That's a, that's a uh, Hindu uh, celebration. Diwali. Okay. So, uh, that's what he does today. No, so- no problem solving. <laughs> no. Tree, Diwali, uh, Democratic politics. Okay. If I can get a picture of the tree, I'll, uh, I'll show it to you tomorrow. Now, the media itself is panicked. All right, because they, all the progressives that they supported are going down a train in less than two years. They are very, very um, worried. Okay. So the Washington Post is part of the cabal, New York Times, L.A. Times, CNN, NBC News, CBS News, ABC News. That, that's the primary national cabal. There's a guy who writes a column of the Washington Post, Jonathan Capehart, and he's associate editor of the Washington Post, too. So he gets an interview with Biden on October 21st. Roll it. Mr. President, I'll be honest. I'm scared. Millions of Americans are scared. They're concerned about the, the concerted attacks on democracy, on, on voting, um, and how that's going to impact the midterm elections. We're seeing everything from Governor DeSantis's election police force arresting people for alleged violations of voter, uh, voter fraud. Um, we're seeing um, election workers quitting because of threats. And then on top of it, you've got election deniers up and down the ballot uh, running for election. A good chunk of them could win. So why shouldn't we be scared? Well, I think we should be concerned. Look, uh, there's nothing automatic about democracy. Remember when you're in undergraduate school, they talk about every generation has to protect democracy. So uh, Jonathan Capehart is scared, worried, not worried about Hillary Clinton denying the election of 2016, not worried about Stacey Abrams denying the election in Georgia in 2016, uh, 2018. Uh, no, not worried about that. Uh, he worried about the Republicans who deny election, but not the Democrats. So it's just, it's so transparent, so phony. I actually thought Biden was pretty good there. Um, he goes, oh, look, you know, democracy, you got to fight for it, which you do. Um, but there's just as much corruption on the Democrat side as there is with the Republicans saying crazy things, probably more on the Democrat side. All right. So let's bring uh, oh, one more thing. I want to, this is this is good uh, before we get to our guest. So Biden um, when he gives an interview, the reason he didn't do more with Capehart is because he wasn't expecting that and he didn't know how to answer it. Most of the interviews he does are scripted. He knows the questions and they, his people in a White House communications office tell him what to say. 
All right, so his new theme is that he's bringing down the deficit. Go. Today, my administration announced that this year, the deficit fell by $1.4 trillion, the largest one-year drop in American history, $1.4 trillion decline in the deficit. Let me repeat that, the largest ever decline in the federal deficit. Okay. Well, it's a total ruse, but people don't know this, and that's why you watch and listen to me. So the reason the deficit came down is because the $850 billion that Biden and Trump spent on COVID relief payments to people, businesses, the $850 billion came off the books. The COVID money came off the books. So $1.4 trillion, $100 billion is a trillion dollars, all right? I'm sorry, a thousand, a thousand billion is a trillion dollars. So $850 billion come off the books. So of course, the deficit's going to come down because it's not there anymore. You see? You see how deceitful... Now, does Biden even know that? No, I should know. But they, these guys behind the curtain, they said, yeah, yeah, we have the biggest deficit drop it. But we won't tell them why. We won't tell them that. And add to the $850 billion coming off the books, $5 trillion in tax receipts in 2022, fiscal year just ended. $5 trillion. The highest amount of money the federal government has ever taken from the American people. And Biden wants more, fair share. Bernie wants more, fair share. Five trillion dollars in tax receipts. So yeah, COVID expenditure, 850 billion leaving, five trillion coming in. Yeah. Deficit drop. And, and Joe goes, oh, I did it. I, I did it. Well, you want to give him credit for raising taxes and gutting everybody? Go ahead. Okay, now let's bring in Eddie Scarry. He is a columnist for the Federalist, a observer of politics in our nation's capital. He wrote a book uh, in June called Liberal Misery. They're miserable now, Eddie. They're definitely miserable now, are they not? Uh, well, the point of the book is that this, is, this has been going on for quite some time, but I would say, yes, as we get closer to election, I think you're going to see more liberal misery. <laughs> so you're not worried about that the uh, anti-progressive sentiment may be peaking too early? It's two weeks to go? Um, is it peaking too early? I think in your, your monologue, you said that the, the media is panicked. I look at it a different way. I think that the media is resigned. <laughs> I think they see the writing on the wall. Um, and what do they do? They talk a lot about Trump, about saving democracy. What you don't hear much about is what, um, what, what a compliment accomplishments that Biden has achieved, the Biden administration, that Democrats in Congress have achieved. You don't really hear anything about that. And I will tell you that the interview that you just played a clip of, um, the Jonathan Capehart MSNBC Biden interview, I, every single day, turn on uh, MSNBC or, yeah, MSNBC or CNN, 
And that is an interview that they would you would be expecting them because it aired on a Friday. You would be expecting them to carry it into the following week because a lot of people like myself, because I have a life, I missed it. Um, and yet you did not see that interview anywhere. I had to look up clips on on Twitter to find what Biden had said, extended clips about what the, what the questions were asked. And I can tell you that that is something that there is a reason that CNN and MSNBC do not want to highlight that clip. <laughs> what is the reason? Uh, it was it was shocking that they aired it to begin with because Biden seemed about two seconds away from needing to be in a nursing home. His his answers went on and on and on. They were over here. They were over there. Um, it was it was in a way right. it was there was a cogent beyond right. And that was my point that he, they weren't expecting that Cape Heart meltdown. Now you uh, I don't know where to get the Washington Post every day, but I certainly see it. Um, they have become more entrenched with the progressive movement in the last two years since Biden's been in than at any time in their history, I believe, or am I wrong? Um, no, I think that's true. The entire media, I think I, I used to be of the mindset that, yeah, there was there were certain biases that were in the new, news media, um, the New York Times, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, CBS, um, CNN. Um, but it was there was at least there seemed to be an attempt on on many of these reporters, journalists and anchors to to get things right or find the center or find the objective, the objectivity. But now there's just out and out hostility every single day. There's out and out very obvious lying demonstrable lying. The one thing I will say about Jonathan Capehart is that I, I spent um, about three days with him on a work-related trip in Hawaii, actually. Very nice guy, not very bright, not very sharp when it comes to politics. <laughs> but th right. therein lies the danger because he's used very easily by um, Democrat forces and obviously uh, the Washington Post. Now, did you see any reporting when Biden came out and said, that he's responsible for the record drop in the deficit. Did you see any reporting as I just did? Remember, the Washington Post has a guy, uh, Glenn somebody, who's supposed to be the truth guy, Tesla. the fact checker. Right, right. Did you see anybody say, yeah, but that's because all the spending for COVID came off the books. Did you see anybody say that? No, and actually, I, I often, I'm sure many of your viewers have the same experience where you start thinking to yourself, am I crazy for having this thought? Because I've been saying that exact same thing for over a year, which was, well, wait, because there was all this spending and now we're not seeing that spending anymore. Isn't that why? And yet you never see that. No. And of course, when you have when you have um, the, the, the Glenn Kessler's offering up um, Pinocchios or Geppettos, whatever they are, um, it, it always comes with this caveat, well, well, his, the context is missing, but it wasn't quite a lie. When it's Trump, that's a lie. <laughs> they will call an opinion a lie when it comes to Donald Trump. But when it comes to actual things that matter, when it comes to money, when it comes to Democrats lying, you will not see that same, that same zeal with which they approach Trump. Final question. What do you see on November 8th? Um, it's it's going to be interesting. I think that I just I just read a story that said that New York may very well be getting its first um, Republican governor since I think 2006. Um, so the the polls that, that I'm looking at are the only thing that seem to muddy up what otherwise should be very well understood to be a coming red crush. I don't call it a red wave. I call it a red crush. Um, but I, I think the intuition that a lot of people are feeling. It, that it will be the Red Crush. I think that's what we're going to see. <laughs> All right, Eddie, we really appreciate it. Thanks very much. Thank you. Um, and you know what? I have to be honest with my uh, viewers and listeners. I want 
as Ed said, the red crush. Because if you don't get a rise up of the folks, if you don't get that, then the corruption that we see in the media will get worse. So they're getting away with it now. And um, the anecdote to that used to be Fox News and Newsmax to some extent. But they're under siege over there, both Fox News and Newsmax, by this Dominion lawsuit, which was featured on uh, 60 Minutes last night. And um, their power isn't what it used to be. Uh, The power of the conservative media is not nearly what it used to be. The progressive power isn't either because the collapse of ratings on all the television left-wing networks and the collapse of circulation on the newspapers. So they're both in decline. But as Eddie pointed out, I think very accurately, the boldness, it used to be, well, you know, we can't actually go out and say something not true to the readers or the listeners because they'll come back and we'll get hurt. It's God. They can say things that are not true. Um, And so if that doesn't get corrected, and the only people that can correct it are you, the voters, the only people that can correct it by going to the polls on November 8th and saying, you know what, we've had enough. I may not be a conservative. I may not like Donald Trump. I may not be somebody who uh, subscribes to uh, the Republican Party, but I see the danger on the other side being so much worse, which it is, that I'm going to vote against those progressives. And I'm, you know, I think that's what will happen. Okay, so I didn't even get into this, but (laughs) Biden didn't add into his deficit play that he's bringing the deficit down, the $400 billion that the Congressional Budget Office estimates would be necessary to forgive the student debt. Okay? Now, remember, that executive order is signed. That's $400 billion up, spending. They didn't even add that in and uh, because it hasn't been allocated yet. So this is what I told you on May 9th of this year about Biden's student loans. My cause of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, what gives the president the authority to forgive massive amounts of student loan debt? He doesn't have the authority to do it. If he tries to do it, he'll get a, there'll be a lawsuit filed two minutes after. He doesn't have the authority to do that. He can't forgive anybody's debt. He can forgive a crime, but nobody's debt. There's no constitutional authority there. That'll be tied up in the courts for another four years. So last week we learned that uh, lawsuits are filed to stop Biden's debt forgiveness, led by Nebraska, Missouri, Arkansas, Iowa, Kansas, and South Carolina. The attorneys general in those states came together, filed them, and and it's blocked. Because it's a very simple equation. Congress is the only body in this country that can okay the spending of tax dollars. They have to vote. Congress, House, and Senate, they have to pass the budget where the money goes. The president can't do that. Now, the president can have emergency expenditures when he signs an executive order to get things rolling, 
like a storm or something like that, yeah. But in a military situation, he can do that, but he can't do this. So the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals blocked uh, on Friday, and you didn't hear this reported, I'm sure, uh, Biden's uh, debt forgiveness plan. Let's go to the border. Okay. So the fiscal year is over now, okay? The government doesn't run January 1st to January 1st like we do. It runs October to October. So the fiscal year 2022, the highest number of foreign nationals ever entered this country, according to U.S. Customs and Border Protection. 2,380,000. Those are the people who were encountered. Don't count the people who just got away. In aggregate, since Biden's been in the Oval Office, five million foreign nationals have encountered U.S. authorities at the southern border. Five million. Far and away. Why? Because the Biden administration will not enforce immigration law. Now, we've been over this a thousand times. You want to apply for asylum, you have to uh, go to a official U.S. port of entry. Can't just wander around the desert, go, hey, I want asylum. Can't do it. That's the law. Biden won't uphold that law. It's staggering, but that's what's going on. So uh, we'll have more of this because Biden is not going to solve the border problem. In fact, Biden and the Harris, the vice president, Say this. Go. We've now gotten control. For example, we have, they didn't plan for, which it comes every year, this flow, whether it's 22,000 or 10,000. They didn't have the beds that were available. We have a secure border in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. So what do you say? That's the president and the vice president. Biden's talking about beds. He's not talking about stopping the five million. He's like, well, we gotta get more beds. And she, Harris, is going, no problem, secure. What do you do? See, this is what I mean. If you have any kind of awareness at all, you know this administration doesn't want to solve the problem. They want an open border. Now, how could you vote for that? The unintended consequences are staggering everywhere. You know how much money that costs us, the taxpayer, to support 5 million new people who've come across here? It's just, I, and that's why I say, you know, my liberal friends don't even talk to me about politics anymore um, because I just hit them with facts. I don't debate them. I just go boom, 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 boom. And it's like, what are we having for dessert? It's over. It's over fast. Okay? And they don't even bother anymore. All right. Oh, and one more thing on the immigration front. There's a shift to Venezuela, Cuba, and Nicaragua, all three communist places. So word is out. You get off that island, you come here. So uh, we're seeing a lot more 
foreign nationals there. Okay, so let's get into the really important stuff now. UFO sightings. So there's a website, of course, myvision.org. And it's a group of optometrists. It's, eye, it's an eye thing. Why they did this, I have no idea. But they did a survey of 1,000 Americans to find out about aliens. Not alien migrants, but space aliens. So according to them, and I don't believe a word of this, but I got to report this because it's out there. 78% of Americans believe in the existence of aliens. All right? 37% think U.S. scientists have already made contact with alien life. 50% say the extraterrestrials are friendly. But the other 50 say, no. <laughs> They're planning our destruction. Now, how anybody would know this, I don't know. But here's the kicker. Here are the states with the most UFO sightings. California, of course. Florida, Washington State, Texas, New York. Here are the states with the least UFO sightings. North Dakota, South Dakota, Delaware, Wyoming, Rhode Island. Rhode Island? I, I mean, I understand the Dakotas and Wyoming. It's freezing. You're an alien and you're not coming from a cold climate. You won't be there. You go to Florida. Or California. Anyway, I figured you'd like to know that. Um, I do not believe in extraterrestrials. Because after researching Killing the Killers, my book uh, before Killing the Legends, I mean, we, we got into the surveillance and the hardware and uh, the space stuff that the United States has. There's no way. Anything out there, we pick it up. So then you say, well, they're not telling us this conspiracy stuff. Somebody would talk. Nobody can keep a secret ever, much less 10,000 people. So that's why I am not a believer. I've seen a lot of alien life, but it was Earth based. Everything is expensive these days. You know that the government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its free fall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. 
And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. How many annoying people do you know? Now, I, in my life, I kind of sort them out. If a person annoys me, I, I'm, I think I'm charitable. I'm not, I, you know, I try to give the benefit of the doubt. Somebody can be annoying on Tuesday and a good person on Thursday. That's, that's possible. But there are annoying people. All right, let's all be honest about this. So Reddit, I don't know what Reddit is. I asked my staff, and they're young. My staff's young, okay? I said, explain to me what Reddit is. They couldn't do it. They know what it is, but I got, I got Reddit uh, is comprised of thousands of user-originated and operated communities called subreddits or subs. No idea, <laughs> right? And I don't, I don't really particularly care. Uh, I got to be honest with you. But anyway, they they put out a list, a long list, Reddit did, of phrases that annoying people use. And we have selected the dirty dozen. Ready? Here are the phrases annoying people use. Let's agree to disagree. Let's unpack this. It is what it is. Ah! Trust the science. Full stop. Here's the deal. Sorry, President Biden. All right. Here's the next list. Live, laugh, love. Threat to our democracy. No brainer. It's all good. Sorry, not sorry. This is my truth. (laughs) Annoying. Yes. Yes. Now, tomorrow we'll have standard cliches. These are just annoying phrases. These are uh, phrases that annoying people use. We'll have a different thing tomorrow. Say in history, October 24th, 1978, the first Halloween movie came out. That was 44 years ago. There have been 12 Halloween movies, and they have grossed an astounding... uh, $852 million. Halloween movies. Okay, so there's one out now. This is supposed to be the last one. I'm going to show you a clip from the first one and then the last one. Roll first. Now, you would think that would have done it. No. 11 more. Here's the latest. Go. He killed my daughter. But tonight, I will kill him. 
to get me. Let's hope so. Boy, Jamie Lee rode that pony, didn't she? <laughs> oh, boy. She's in eight of the uh, 12. Anyway, the first one came out 44 years ago. Uh, mail segment and a final thought coming your way. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to the Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, let's go to the mail segment. New York City, Mike Bennett. Bill, enjoy your election coverage, and we will have the best election coverage in the next two weeks. Spread the word. BillOReilly.com premium membership is a must, so you're on this. I'm 30 years old, live in New York City, and I'm watching the governor's race. Who do you bet wins? I think Zeldin's going to beat her. I think Zeldin's going to beat Hochul. But it's a guess. Harry. Concierge member, Harry gets uh, direct access to me. I work in a supermarket, and last year they froze all their turkeys after Thanksgiving. Of course, they will be sold this year at an inflated price. Inside information. They will be. Our Hepler, Sierra Vista, Arizona. Bill, I've asked you before, but didn't get an answer. So I ask you again, does the Constitution give the president authority to spend money not appropriate by Congress? I have, Ronnie, I have answered this question 10 times. I answered it again today. No. Sometimes when you guys write me and I've answered it a lot, I don't answer the letters. Randy McCoy, Dallas, Texas. What does being an independent mean in a two-party system? I've always assumed it meant a person had voted issues, not the party. But in today's political climate, I can't think of a single Democrat that votes against other Democrats. They don't because their money will be withheld by Pelosi and Schumer. It's a block vote. Now, Republicans are kind of like that, but not to the same extent. There is dissent against Mitch McConnell in the Senate, for example. Joyce. Burnett, Texas. Bill, I agree the two most terrible presidents are Buchanan and Biden. I respectfully disagree that Biden is better than Buchanan. Buchanan did nothing about anything. However, Biden is causing problems. Joyce, in order for your opinion to top mine, then you would have to discount the Civil War. Buchanan led directly to the Civil War. Biden's bad, but he's not that bad. Uh, Lori... Hinton, Oklahoma. 
Bill, in 2009, you highlighted on the factor a child rapist from Oklahoma named David Earls, who raped a four-year-old little girl and molested her brother. The local DA and judge were refusing to press charges. You were outraged. It was because of your attention that this case is now being tried. Earl died in prison awaiting trial. But apparently this litigation goes on. And Lonnie said, Lori says, uh, you know, a lot of other personal stuff, but ends up with, I have held with you in great appreciation for all these years. We did a lot of work on that front. You remember um, we had Jessica's Law, the little girl who was killed in Florida, and we got 44 out of the 50 states to pass it. So that's one of the highlights of my career, and I'm really thankful that you found the time to write to me, Lori, and I hope you're doing well. Eric Anoski, Colorado Springs, following your advice to plan ahead, I got my uh, Christmas shopping done early for the first time. I went to BillOReilly.com store, bought Killing Series books for my friends, and I saved a lot of money. Well, we're going to have a lot of stuff. Next week, we're going to tell you what we have. And premium concierge members get big discounts. It'll pay for your membership. So stay with us. You'll get great gifts, and you will save money. It's important these days. Kevin Sullivan, Mansfield, Massachusetts. Um, in your April 14, 2022 spot, you discuss sources in killing Jesus, but I cannot find them. And you won't, because the government of Israel granted Martin Dugard, my co-author, access to the writings of Josephus. And then we tracked down Tacitus, the historian for, Saint, uh, for the uh, Roman emperor, Augustine. And we got that. That's not out there. And so that's why that book was such a smashing success. Okay, word of the day, do not be a knighting. If you know the word, of the, if you know the definition of this word, I'm impressed because I did not know it. N-I-D-I-N-G. Do not be a knighting. Back with the final thought in a moment. Okay, here is the final thought of the day. The New York Yankees got waxed by the Houston Astros, and now the Astros-Phillies go to the World Series. You know, I, I'm a baseball guy. I like baseball. That's going to be the lowest-rated World Series ever because, I mean, both teams are good. And if you're really baseball aficionado, but it's no glamour attached to it. That's why I say that. But anyway, I went to the game on Saturday night. Oh, boy, was it bad for the Yankees, and I, I got to see the Bronx. I, Bronx is a, a place where I've spent the least amount of time in New York City. But I, I, I went early, and I, Yankee Stadium is in the Bronx, and I, I cruise around. Mostly immigrants live in the Bronx, um, down by the stadium. I didn't see one cop, not one. Now, there wasn't chaos on the streets. Streets were dimly lit. If you wanted to do bad things, you could. There were narcotics around. I saw the, the guys selling them. Okay, I saw it. No cops. Now, I understand the police in the Bronx are under siege. They're reactive. There's so much violence that they can't, they don't have time to stop the violence. They have to react to the violence after it happened. But it was like, you know, um, this is not the way to do this. 
And New York City has become a very violent place, particularly if you get outside the business area of Manhattan. Now, there are safe neighborhoods, but around the stadium, dicey. Uh, also, there weren't many, but there were a few uh, real idiots in the Yankee Stadium crowd. They were drunk. I don't understand why the stadium doesn't remove these people, why they let them curse and do vile things in front of children. Why didn't security just remove them? Obviously, they inebriated. I, I just don't understand any of this. We need discipline and fairness in American society. Thank you very much for watching and listening. Tomorrow, we will uptick our election coverage. Uh, Frank Luntz. See you then.